to have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. It sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So this week, or this episode's podcast is a solo episode. So I get on the mic and, and kind of reflect back at 2017 hunts and, and look into the future uh, planning for 2018. Um, I kind of break down my hunting skill in every different facet and, and where I feel like I can improve. And um, I talk about discipline and, and putting in the work and the preparation to be successful in this upcoming year. Um, I, I just love working hard towards my goals and then to see it come to fruition, you know, during season, uh, it just means the world to me. I just, I, I love, I have such a passion for this, this Western hunting and I, I love to share that. And so that's what today is. I just get on the mic and it's about an hour long therapy session of, of me explaining, you know, what, what my ambitions are for the next year. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy today's show. Our sponsor, uh, is Taito Knives. Um, so Taito is a new sponsor for the Eastman's Elevated podcast, but they are not a new product. Uh, I've been using their knives now for a couple of years. Um, they're a replaceable blade, ultra lightweight knives. So they're one piece steel construction, and then the blades you can replace on there, and they're the Razor Sharp uh, 60XT, I believe they're called, uh, blade knives. Um, they're just super sharp. They're surgically sharp. Uh, they, they've absolutely changed the game for me. I can break down an entire animal with a blade and that's skinning, quartering, uh, that that's deboning, uh, pulling back straps, tenderloins. Heck, I can even take the head off with a, with a razor sharp knife. And I think they make you safer. You don't have to force your blade anymore. You just let the razor do the cutting. Um, I really like, their design in that it's a it's a single handle construction. It's not a breakdown. Um, you you'd never want to break down one of those knives onto your fingers. And so this is a safe way to go about it. Change the blades. It's also really easy to clean. It doesn't have any cracks and crevices for blood and meat and hair to get caught in. Um, so it cleans up really easy. They also will tie a 550 cord around the handle, which which makes for a really good grip on that knife. And I've also used that 550 cord in a pinch before. Uh, I, I shot a deer uh, way back in, and I didn't have any 550 cord with me, and I was trying to pack the entire thing out with the head, and I couldn't really get the head situated the way I wanted to, and so I used some of that 550 cord, able to tie it down, and then put it back on the knife. So uh, anyways, Taito is just building some great knives. Can't say enough good things about them, so thanks to them for sponsoring the podcast. Um... Over there at Eastman's, we just recorded uh, those good episodes, and so I'm releasing those now. We did Roger Selner's last week, uh, which is just a really fun episode to sit down with him. And then uh, we did uh, Guy Eastman's I released um, just today as I'm finishing up this podcast, and we're going to release this one as a, as a bonus episode. Um, Guy is just so knowledgeable about Western hunting, and uh, we kind of break down states and, and current trends and just where to apply for the, the, the best units for the best populations and the biggest animals. And so that was just a great episode. Uh, so that's released now you can find that. And uh, I got some great ones coming up and, and then some, some good guests that I'm lining up for the future. So we're just going to keep this thing rolling. 
Um, gosh, that's about all I have. Let's get this thing rolling. So Eastman's Elevated uh, solo episode. Uh, here we go. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, sitting down to record a solo podcast here. Getting ready to leave on my Arizona hunt, last hunt of the year, or first hunt of 2018, either way you look at it. But for me, it's kind of like my last hunt of the year, my last hurrah. And after that, I got about a three-month break before spring bear season. And so I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, gonna Dan's going to show up on Monday, and then we've got, gosh, 24-hour drive down there if the roads are good. Uh, if not, um, could be a two-man bobsled for 30 hours or so going down there on slick roads. But uh, either way, we're going to make it down there and just go immerse ourselves in that desert landscape and and uh, get hunting for those coos deer. Um, it's just what I live for, these, these adventure bow hunts in different places for different species and testing my skills. It's I, I just... I love this this bow hunting. It's just this ever-evolving learning curve that you never quite reach the top of. There's always improvements to make, and you can always be better. You can always be tougher, but just drives me to to be a better person and a better hunter and and it's just what I absolutely love to do and so as we're finishing out the year here it's time to reflect and it's time to get motivation for next year and think about the hunts I want to do and and the goals I want to achieve and then how I'm going to get there and how I'm going to achieve those goals and so you know it's kind of on the podcast um I use these solo ones uh, kind of as as therapy. <laughs> I, uh, I I just tell you guys, you know what what I want to achieve and how I'm going to get there, and it holds me accountable, saying it out loud, and and um and and it's tough for me to to tell someone else what they have to do to be successful. It's almost like uh, the self reflection and what I need to do to be successful, and and my path to it, and and everybody's path's a little bit different, but. But hopefully it gets you guys some motivation to get out there on the trails and start working hard towards your goals uh, of next season. You know, the opportunity is out there. There's there's just some some great critters on public land and, you know, it it just tests you to your absolute limits uh, physically and, and mentally. Um, the, these bow hunts in, in extreme backcountry, uh, they're, they're just... They, they test you as a, as a human, you know. And so I think that's why I like them so much and... It's uh, I'm always looking how I can improve and whether it's this this podcast, which I just I love this platform. This is such a cool deal for me. And to to have you guys listen in every week and have these guests on here and and uh, I'm just so humbled. And I I just, you know, I I say this, I swear on every podcast, but I just want to improve at the podcast game as well and and, and improve at my conversation and improve it on my vocab and. You know, I get um, tons of positive comments, which which just drives me to 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 get you guys good information that that you guys are enjoying the podcast. And I also get some negative ones too. And um, the negative ones, you know, some are easy to ignore, and I don't get a whole lot of them. Um, most guys are pretty supportive, and we have such a good hunting community. But then I I get some negative ones, and I I think anytime you get bigger, you have to deal with um, some negativity. And uh, what what hurts so bad is when it's the truth. Uh, when when you get negative comments and uh, they absolutely nail you, like, uh, oh, gosh, I had this one that um, said, "Yeah, you you say too awesome and too." It's, it's just it nailed me to a T. 
Um, and, and so with that, you know, you can, you can, some of it you take with a grain of salt and then some of it you, you take and say, you know, that is a, a legit concern or that is a, a legit gripe and gosh, that's something I need to improve at. So anyways, just trying to improve it at everything in life, whether it's, you know, being a family man, being a husband, a father, uh, whether it's at work on the construction job, uh, the outdoor industry with the with the writing and the photography and the podcast and and then some of this film work that I've been able to get into. I, I just want to get better at it and, and improve at it. And and that all, you know, the the driving force behind that is is to be a better bow hunter. I mean, um, I just um, I, I absolutely love trying to in, improve my skills and, and test my limits and and uh, I just come back more fulfilled, and um, it, it just feels like I'm leading a, a meaningful life uh, for me. You know, I think everybody has to find their passion in life and, and what they really enjoy. And for me, there's no doubt about it. It's uh, extreme bow hunting. So looking towards next season, and, and uh, I, I just, you, you kind of evaluate yourself and, and see where you can improve. And so there, there's so many facets that go into being a, a good bow hunter and um, being able to go to to different places and and uh, be able to be successful and so anyways I'm looking forward to it um, been working hard here I've been getting in my trail runs uh, you know people ask what I do uh, for my workouts to stay in shape and um, you know I'm, I'm trail running constantly and I've told you guys that I, I probably trail run. You know, and it depends on the season too. I kind of ramp up as as season gets closer throughout the summer months, and those are the best months to be on the trails. But you know, it's year round fitness for me. I uh, it, you know, unless it's it's the heart of bow season, that's the only time that I'm not running because I'm getting a lot of mountain miles in and and backpacking miles in. But other than that, I am constantly on these trails working, and I I love it. It sharpens me uh, mentally too. Um, it really helps my my mental strength to you know to be out on those trails. I mean, just getting out on those trails day in day out. And I'd say right now I'm running probably I'd say five days a week. I'm probably taking a couple days off. And I used to have a gym membership, and I I like going to the gym. They make it easy and convenient for you. It's warm and heated. Uh, you know, they got all the machines in there, and so you can go in every day. And it, it's just. It's, it's part of building these positive habits, these, these positive pathways, and you're building habits in your life no matter what you're doing, um, whether they're bad habits or good habits, but it, it's just setting out to, to make changes and day in, day out, uh, creating these positive pathways, making yourself work out, and you start building these positive habits, and then it just becomes a way of life, and that's how trail running for me has been. So I used to go into the gym quite a bit and have a gym membership, and then and then I started to look at it and go, Ah, this is this is too easy for me. You know, I need to be outside and I need to suffer more. It seems like the the more I suffer, the more I endure, the more I put myself through these mental struggles, just the tougher mentally I get. The the harder I'm able to push when I'm on these tough hunts, the the more I'm able to to keep my my drive and determination. And so, you know, I I really use it to to sharpen me mentally as much as I use it to sharpen me physically. But um, I, I would say, you know, the physical stuff, I love to trail run and it's, for me, it's not about the miles. It's more about the elevation. I love gaining elevation. And then too, it's, 
you know, since I got away from this gym and I get outside, and I, I've always done that all spring and summer long, but I used to get a membership just for the winter time for when it was cold and it made it convenient for me. And I, I did like that, but then, like I say, it was just too easy for me. Like, I want to get outside in the cold. I, you know, like today, it's 10 degrees and north wind and snow blowing, and there's over a foot of snow laying on the grounds. And yeah, I'll be outside running with my dog here before too long and get in a few miles and some good elevation and uh, get my heart rate up. And, and again, it's just that 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 mental strength that just making myself get out there and then once I'm out there you know to to keep going and keep pushing hard and and um you know when you get you know miles and miles underneath you and you, you're tired and you don't want to keep going and you make yourself keep going like you you learn you've got another gear you can you can keep pushing and so um, I trail run a bunch, like I say, I'm probably five days a week now, and that'll ramp up to six, seven days a week, you know, as we get into summer and get closer to these hunts. Uh, winter miles are kind of down a little bit. Um, yeah, I probably do three to six a day and anywhere from 500 to 1,000 feet of elevation. Um, one one place I really need to improve or, you know, or I... I, I do well as I get into summer months, but I need to be getting these long runs in as well. And it's this tough balance for me. I used to do a lot of marathons and ultra marathons and these marathons on those roads. Um, they, they just take a beating on me, uh, beating up my knees and, um, and, and my, my lower back. And, um, I just felt like, uh, it, it was good for me to, to push to those long distances, but it, it's also putting wear and tear on myself. And so I started to run trails exclusively. And so I hardly run a road anymore. They're all trails or off trails. Uh, I got permission down below my house here, down in these coolies and canyons um, from the rancher that owns it, that he lets me run down there. And so I love just taking off down there through the canyons and running and Part of that too is just getting to the woods and just being comfortable in the woods, you know, having that be my second home, uh, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Um, so, so for me, trail running works really good. Um, you know, I, we're, we're all different and we all find things that, that we enjoy and excel at. And, you know, I, I'm, uh, the, the weights is a tough one for me. You know, I don't, you know, at different times in my life, I've lifted a lot of weights, but, um, for, for me now, it's this, this trail running really helps my core. And then I try to do weight training just when I have free, free, excuse me, just when I have free time. And so I would say I probably lift, um, three, four times a week or so. And when I do lifts, uh, you know, I, I'm not going into the gym anymore. And so I just got this, this kettlebell and I've got my pull-up bar and I do a lot of core exercises. And then, um, I really focus a lot on my back. Uh, my back is my weak point. Um, I've, I pulled it out quite a few times being young and working in construction. And so I, I've talked about it before, but, um, it, it's really my weakness. I, I had a, another, incident like a couple months ago where I tried to lift this this metal from the lumber yard there wasn't anybody out in the yard I tried to lift it for myself pulled my lower back out and took me a little while to recover and then just trying to trying to strengthen it so I just don't pull it out anymore and then that flexibility I've told you guys uh 
my yoga or my man stretches I do, but I, I stretch constantly. I think flexibility is such a huge part of, of overall fitness. You know, I, you can work on your, you know, I work on my endurance through my running and my, my strength through weight training and pull-ups and things of that nature. I recently, my, my youngest daughter, um, she is nuts. She's got that internal never lose attitude. It's just so fun to see. And my oldest daughter has it too, but my youngest daughter, she is nuts. And so we've been doing pull-up competitions and we do them, gosh, about every night here lately. And uh, so we start doing pull-ups and we don't do uh, one set as many as we can do. I mean, we do that sometimes, but um, she's really good at at just continually pumping out those pull-ups. So I think, um, you know, I can hardly beat her now. She is, uh, she's going to turn... Let's see. She's going to turn 10. They got to get ages right. These, these kids, they just keep aging and keep getting more birthdays underneath them. And we're right in the birthday zone for our two kids. Uh, my oldest daughter, Taylor's birthday is in November and then Katie's is coming up in January. But um, man, oh man, for a, for a little girl, she can just um, push herself to keep doing pull-ups. And so we do this, you know, uh, how many can we do in a night? And we kind of just keep doing them throughout the night. And she is not, she just will not allow herself to lose. And uh, I think the one night we did over 80 pull-ups and she still beat me. Last night she beat me again and we were trying to do pull-ups before she left on a movie and I just can't keep up with her. She just keeps hopping up on that bar and and pumping them out. Um, I try to do them in like five sets. Uh, so I'll do five pull-ups, take a little break, five pull-ups. And, and she just keeps doing those things. But she's got that that mental strength, that that little mental edge of, of uh, competition or um, well, whatever it is, you know, she's got it. And she does some trail runs with me. and Pretty amazing for just a, a little girl. But, um, yeah, I'm so proud of her. But, I, you know, that's that's the edge I want to have, too, is, is just uh, always having another gear and always, always wanting to push hard. So I do um, – my weight training, uh, really focus on my back flexibility wise, uh, my man stretches or my yoga, you know, I've just kind of come up with my own routines. I, uh, my wife's done a lot of yoga and so she helps me out and then I just find what works for me. And it's, it's funny, like you can stretch, um, but the more you do it, the more you start to really feel the muscles at stretching and doing these stretches correctly and, and, uh, doing it has really helped me out and flexibility us as guys, we just start to lose our flexibility as we start to age. And so, um, I really work hard at that. I do a lot of, a lot of stretching in the steamer after my, my muscles have got warmed up, warmed up. Spoiled rotten. I I've got a steamer in my house that I put in. I I built this house a couple of years ago, and and uh, we looked at things, and I I just love that that steam, the benefit of it, sitting in the heat in there, and and uh, sweating, and then like you say, it warms up your muscles. And we just use that steamer nonstop. So I am spoiled that I've got a a steamer right in my house. But um, I stretch a lot with that with my muscle muscles warmed up, and. Uh, you know, I, I'd say the main staple of mine is is my trail running, and the the one place where um, I I need to start mixing in these longer trail runs on the weekends, and these longer ones, you just learn a lot about yourself. And I I don't want to put that that beating on my knees at all, but you know the it it seems like your your body adapts to the stress you put on it, and so. You know, I I've, I've been trail running since I was twenty years old, and I I've, I've never had any knee issues. 
never had any joint pain like I I just my body does does really well um the only like I mentioned before those marathons on the roads uh, my knees would get pretty beat up like uh, after I do those I could hardly walk that day and then the next day I'd be pretty beat up in my knees but I've never had any problems that that have hung on on my my knees I had an um an IT band injury one time and IT bands on the outside of your knee and every time you bend your knee it, you get this sharp pain so stairs really hurt and so that's the only real injury that I've had that I've had to recover from. And it, it took me like three months to recover. And my problem was, is that every time I'd start feeling better, I'd, uh, I'd go for a run, you know, I'd give it two, three weeks and like, Oh God, I gotta be out on the trails. So I get out on a run and I'd injure it again. And so I could just never get it recovered. But after I finally gave it enough rest, I was able to recover and it's better than it's ever been. Um, I haven't had any it issues. Gosh, that's had to be five or more years ago, but um, your body adapts to the stress you put on it. They say your bone density improves from running. Um, you know, I think you build muscles around your joints that that really help stabilize your joints. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and, and so trail running's just been really good for me. And so I really like it. Uh, you know, it's it just seems to be the perfect fit for me. Um, I do need to mix in like uh, backpacking with that. And so I'll do that on my scouting trips and it just gets your back used to carrying that backpack. And I've, I've got a little runner's pack that I carry with me, but it just puts that, it puts that exertion or it puts that, um, you get in, in running like, um, in an hour you can put so you can put the amount of stress on your body that you'd have with three hours of backpacking so it just seems like you get this condensed workout that you know in in 30 minutes to an hour of trail running I can get this extreme exertion on my body and and get this workout in and then be back to my family or back to work or whatever I got to do and so it, it just fits right for me but but everybody's different I think it's just important to get cardio in to get your strength training in and and then trying to develop your mental toughness and and like I say we're all different in the in the exercise that that we find that we like that fits us but um, you know whatever it is it's, it's just being driven and it's making yourself do it it's building these positive habits and making it a way of life and and uh, for me being in in this good shape or this runner shape it just gives me an edge in the mountains I just know that I have another gear I know wherever I see an animal I can make it there I can get there I can make it back to camp I just I can trust my legs because I've I've done hundreds of thousands of miles in in the mountains on these trails I've done you know thousands and thousands if not hundreds of thousands of feet in elevation like I I know my body's capable of it I know I can push it I know I've got that other gear and it gives me incredible confidence in the mountains and on these tough hunts is just knowing that, that I, you know, that I'm in this, this, this physical shape that I don't have to, you know, that I, that I know my body will stand up to whatever my mind puts it through. And so that's a, that's a big part of my game. So that's what, that's what I'm doing. Like I say, three to six miles in the wintertime right now, and I'm doing it five days a week, and, uh, and I'll just keep ramping that up. I need to get in these longer runs on the weekends. You know, I need to take Saturday, and I need to start getting some of these 10-plus in, and all on the weekends as it gets into summertime, and, and really right now as I, as I need to get these longer ones in. But I'll, on these longer ones, I'll do 10-plus miles, 12 miles, 15 miles, and again, these are miles in the mountains. Um, so, you know, with this 12 miles, I may gain 3,000 feet of elevation, and, and a lot of times... 
you know, I just pick cool spots I'd like to explore too. I live um, where I hunt elk a lot and, and things. And so I'll get on these different trails and climb these different peaks and go to these spots that I'm interested in and, and go run back there. And I can get back there in a shorter amount of time going with this less weight. And so I'll, I'll go explore these places. And, you know, I, I always like to, the Sphinx is this iconic mountain that we have here that sits at like 11,800 feet. And I love to climb that every summer and I'll, I'll run up there and it's, Gosh, it's, it's got to be like about a 20 mile round trip. And then, uh, I think it's 5,000 feet of elevation gain, 6,000 feet of elevation gain and loss. So it's a really good one for me. So, um, I'll start hitting that and, um, you know, and then, and then also along with that is just, um, my diet too. And this is one place where I can improve as well. I, I do a lot of the, the low carb diet, the, the ketogenic diet, and I, you know, I'm not, I'm not super strict. It's just putting, I, I don't like to put a, a bunch of sugar in my body and I don't like to put a bunch of processed foods in my body. I just like it to be real food and I don't really restrict my vegetables or my fruit. Um, but, but I do eat a low carb diet. My body just does good on it. And switching to this, the, this ketonic state is, is your, so ketogenic is, um, so your body bun, burns sugar the fastest. And I, of course I'm, I'm not an expert on this by any means. This is just what works for me. And, um, your body burns sugar the fastest. And then it just seems like if I can be on a ketogenic or a low carb diet, my, my body transfers over to burning its fats really easily. And, and what that means is like, uh, on these long runs where I'm doing 12, 15 miles, you know, I, I'm going to run out of fuel in my body. I'm going to run out of sugar and my body's got to transfer over and start burning fats. If your body's used to making this transition, it makes it easier and you don't, you're not getting hunger pains and, and you're not getting an energy lull and um you know your your body just runs effectively and smoothly and transfers over to burning these fats really well and so i do a lot of fasting like um you know in my in my younger years uh, i was told you know breakfast is the most important meal of the day and have your breakfast and that fuels you for the day and 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 as i as i started reading and and researching uh, on ketogenic like i found out that you know, you don't have to eat breakfast every day. Fasting for this breakfast and, and fasting for amounts of time, it makes your body transfer over to, to burning fats, which which makes it easier for your body to, to make that transition. And so um, I just really do good on a low-carb um, or, or a ketogenic diet and then this intermittent, intermittent fasting um, you know, where me and my wife have been doing a day a week where we do a 24-hour fast. Um, where I don't eat all day and then I go to dinner and I, I see a little bit of dip in my energy, but the more I do it, the better I get at it. But skipping breakfast and going on a big trail run and, and not eating anything, uh, besides what I ate the night before, it forces my body to transfer over to burning these fats. And so it just makes the, the transition really smooth. And so I've had really good luck with it. Um, where I need to improve on my diet as I'm, I'm 37 now and getting to be 38, which is still a, a real young man. I feel like I'm in my prime, but I can feel my body, you know, my body wants to be fat <laughs> to, uh, in, in the wintertime, you know, I, I, I'll put on five pounds or so. And, um, it, it just seems like, uh, you have to work harder the older you get too. And so, um, uh, you know, and, I, I really need to, I eat really well throughout the day and I don't eat much processed stuff. You know, my, my weakness is at night, like after dinner, 
um, I tell my wife it's the sugar monster. Like, uh, I, I just have these cravings for sugar and like, uh, sweet stuff. And, um, what works really well is like frozen fruit is good for me or frozen grapes. But, um, lately we've had a bunch of Christmas candy in the house and treats and, um, cookies and, um, so the sugar monster comes out at night and that's what really kills me and my, my diet. And, and, um, so, you know, I, I have a, a skinny body type and I've done really well controlling my weight over the years. I'm not overweight by any stretch of the imagination, but I, you know, I also, I, I see five pounds extra on me that I could lose that I need to lose. And, uh, so I need to, I need to get control of this, this damn sugar monster at night. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all about discipline. It's, um, it's, it's, it's eating a disciplined diet and, and, and also, you know, you don't want to be crazy. You want to enjoy food and and enjoy eating and, and be able to give yourself a break now and again and, and, uh, you know, be able to eat some sweet stuff. But, um, again, it's building these habits. And when I let the sugar monster come out night after night, like that's, a that's, a building a bad habit. I need to build a better habit. So that's one place where I need to improve. And, and then, like I say, I need to get these five pounds off me, um, just so I'm ready to go for season. And you think five pounds, well, that's not a big deal. You know, you, you, you still, you, you know, nobody can see it. I can't, you know, I can hardly see it, like, unless I, I pinch my belly or something like that. But I, um, these five extra pounds, like, um, it makes a difference when you're backpacking. I think a, what a huge difference five pounds makes in my backpack. And, and I'm carrying that on my frame that in its weight that I can get rid of and lose and just make myself more effective in the mountains. And, and you need it's tough every you know we all have different body types um you know and i i think you know what's the perfect body type for the mountains you know i'm not sure i see a lot of skinny guys that are built for endurance that do really well and i think it's a mix i think it's having muscle on your frame um and and that muscle is able to carry you on those uphills and downhills and carry your pack really well and then you got to teach those muscles endurance and how I teach those muscles endurance is like these long runs, these trail runs, these miles after miles, these climbs, you know, and that's how I teach these muscles endurance. Um, but, but it's a good mix, but we're all different. So, I mean, I think it's just taking a look at yourself and seeing what works for you and what works for your body and, and trying to go that route. So for me, I need to get rid of the sugar monster at night, dump about five pounds or so and, and uh, just be just be disciplined and and uh, keep getting my workouts in. Really focus on my back and my flexibility when I'm lifting my weights. Um, I do a lot of the kettlebell workouts. Um, kettlebell workouts they just engage your your total body and and uh, moving that weight and it just seems to to work for me. I really like it. A lot of core exercises and uh, then my pull up competitions. See if I can't beat this younger daughter of mine. She's just killing me lately. Um, I used to make her do half as many as me. So like if I did ten and she did five, we'd be tied. And now she's just pull up to pull up to me, which is just wild. So, uh, I need to work on my pull up game so I can beat my 10 year old daughter. <laughs> how's, how's that for motivation? Um, but, but that's kind of, that's kind of where I sit and, and, um, you know, mentally, you know, for the next year, um, you know, I, I want to sharpen myself, uh, mentally and, and I, I, um, part of it, I think is, is setting these goals, um, I love to bow hunt and I, I love bow hunting critters. Um, but I, I want to 
set these these higher goals for myself and these tougher goals for myself and i i've i've killed some some big bulls but um you know it it's been a few years i've i've killed a six point every year for the last you know i can't even remember how many years but i'd say the last like the last five or six years they're more of that 300 to 320 class which is a great six point bull don't get me wrong i i love hunting those but i just want to set my goal a little bit higher i want to get to you know, back up to that 350 class bull. And I know it's just inches and, and I'm, you know, it it isn't all about the trophy. It's about getting out bow hunting, testing your skills. But, you know, you, you put these, these goals on yourself that to to harvest a a bigger, more mature animal, and it's going to be a tougher challenge. You don't see as many 350 bulls as you see 320 bulls. And so, it's going to take more time, more commitment, more effort, uh, being sharper with my skills on my stalking and on my shots. I, I, you know, I don't have a chance to, I can't mess up as much. I, I'm not going to get that many opportunities at those bigger bulls. And so I just want to set these higher standards because I know I'm, I'm capable of it. And, and the harder it is, the, the better it feels when you accomplish it. And I, you know, I'm ready for it. So, uh, I, I want to kill a, a bigger bull next year. And I, I think for me, for hunting elk, I need to focus on this a little bit more because I, I love hunting muley so much and I hunt muley so much in, in all these different places. And a lot of times I burn all my time and then I'm weekend warrior for elk, but I really want to put a lot of effort into to elk season this year and killing a good bull. And I've been hunting this this spot that, you know, there's a lot of elk in there and a lot of good bulls in there, but they're high pressure. They're really on high alert and, and there's a lot of hunting pressure in there. And I, I've done well in there and killing some good six point bulls, but I haven't killed the the big mature ones and that's the reason I started hunting this unit and so I think I need a change I, I we did really good in the wilderness here in my local valley and I've, I've killed some great bulls in my local valley and I enjoy hunting this wilderness I enjoy you know there, there's always the challenge of grizzly bears and I enjoy the extreme miles and um uh, the solitude and the low pressure elk and so I, I really enjoy hunting the wilderness and then and then also I just want to try some different elk spots um, I'm, I may hunt a different state next year um, I saw a lot of elk in Idaho in there hunting in some good bulls so I, I may start hunting elk in in multiple different states and then um, you know definitely here in my home state of Montana is doing great right now for elk populations and elk size we're sticking a lot in the in the record books and so I want to try out some different units and I, you know, I'm, I, I know I'll fail a little bit and, and elk are either there or they're not, but I just want to have that mental strength to keep pushing and set my goals high, pass up on good six point bulls to look for that next level six point bull. Cause I know I'm capable. I know, you know, and a big part of it too is having the time and I've been able to structure my life around these adventure bow hunts and, you know, with, with this podcast doing better, you know, that helps as well to free up more time. And then, you know, just trying to structure my my life to get this time to 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 be able to to challenge myself and and uh, go try to try to fig- solve the puzzle and and uh, kill one of these next level bulls. So definitely going to put a lot of effort into that. Um, mule deer is always a, a driving force for me. I, I think it's my my favorite species to hunt. Although you know elk during the rut are as fun as it gets. I mean I enjoy you know I, I'm going to enjoy this coos hunt that I'm going on and I'm going to be really into that. So it's whatever I'm hunting is my funnest you know but I I do love that those mule deer and um, I upped my late season game this year killed a really nice heavy buck that was one of my big goals for this past season so I'm really proud of that and um, just been able to unlock some secrets in this 
this late season game and I'm going to hunt Montana again late season next year. Um, so good down there this year. Such epic hunting. And so i uh, going to hunt that. Uh, maybe some Idaho late season. I know my buddy Dan went down and, and hunted Idaho late season and did well. And um, spots in the, the Wasatch and then the New Mexico, I've done good down there in the late season. So I've, I've been able to up my late season game, which is good. But um, I, I love hunting mule deer in all seasons. But that early season in, in that high country... Um, man, oh man, do I love that. It's, it's just such extreme country, just being able to live up there. And, and then you're able to chase those next level bucks and everywhere you look is like a painting. And that's just where, where goats and sheep would live up in the, the rocks and the chutes and the Alpen basins and, and, uh, extreme miles, extreme elevation. Um, it just seems like, like those hunts are, um, they, I mean, they'd, they really are what what drive me year round is to be in good shape and and uh, they're they're what test me the the most mentally um, being in that extreme country and dealing with uh, uh, lightning storms and and uh, the remoteness of it and and then to be able to see those those huge next level bucks that we all dream about the stickers and kickers and inlines and thirty inches wide and then in the velvet they're forty percent heavier and so they're they're just monsters they're like a different species and so um, I'm really gonna put a lot of effort into that and I I did the Idaho over the counter last year I didn't draw any good tags and uh, you know part of that this season is is uh, I gotta draw some good high country early season mule deer tags. And so, you know, I'm sitting on points in different places, but I think I'm going to, I should be guaranteed for my Colorado spot this year. Um, huge backcountry wilderness. Uh, there's like 30 square miles without even a trail through it. And uh, I got to hike through a hunting unit to get to this hunting unit. And uh, I've never seen another hunter in there. And there's always just giant mind-blowing bucks in there. And so uh, I think I'm going to be able to hunt that spot this year. But I also need to have a backup plan. I haven't been putting in for second choice Colorado. And second choice Colorado doesn't burn your points. And there's so many great units there that... Um, I'm just not going to get caught without a high country muley tag this year. So I'm going to get a, a bit more aggressive with that uh, second choice in Colorado just in case I don't get my first choices. This point creep kills us. You think you're going to draw a tag, and there's just more and more guys doing it, and it's getting more and more popular. Um, so So you have to... You know, every year, like you think it's going to take, you know, X amount of points to draw and it takes an extra point. So you end up not getting the tag. And and uh, so I'm just going to try to prepare for that and and uh, really put a lot of effort into a second choice there in Colorado. Um, uh, I'm really going to get more aggressive in Nevada. Um, I've got some points there and I, you know, I've got a couple different units I've hunted in Nevada and I keep applying for those, but they try to assign you five different choices for Nevada for, for your hunts, uh, before they throw out your application. So basically your number comes up, they try to assign you first, second, third, fourth, fifth choice, and then they throw your application out. Uh, so I also need to get more aggressive there and be willing to hunt some new areas and learn some new areas and, and, and really I love to explore. And so, um, I, I just want to keep furthering my, my knowledge of high country mule deer. And then I want to chase some of these next level bucks. I've, I've killed enough good bucks, but, uh, I, you know, just like that, that goal on bulls, I want to put my goal on, on high country mule deer. And, and I want to harvest some of these 200 inch plus, uh, next level bucks. And, um, 
it's just so tough. You get up there and it's tough hunt and you get to the, you know, day four, day five, day six. And, and pretty soon, you know, 180 inch deer is a giant deer. And you see this 180 inch and you think, yeah, I'm going to go make a play. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm ex- extremely fortunate. I've been able to harvest quite a few of these bucks, but I just want to hold out. And this is part of this mental game of mine too, is, is being able to hold out and go, no, I'm not going to stock that buck. I'm going to wait. I'm going to put all my effort into this next level buck. And if he's not in this drainage and there's just, you know, 180 inch or 170 inch, I say just, that is a giant deer. But, you know, you, your, your, your goals and your expectations have to match your opportunity. And, and to, I, you know, I have opportunity at these next level bucks year after year. And so, you know, I can set my goals on these bucks. I've, I've killed three bucks that go over 200 inches and, and, uh, to, to harvest a buck like that just means the world to me. And I, I want to, I want to climb the mountain again. I want to do it again. And so whether it's Nevada or Colorado, or I'd like to hunt both of those States. And then also Utah, um, I have one of my biggest deer came from Utah. And, um, so I, I want to get back in Utah and start doing some hunting in there again. So, you know, I may get a little bit more aggressive with my Utah application, uh, to be able to hunt there. Uh, still gaining points in Wyoming. I'll apply there, but I'm just really going to focus on this early season game and, and, and all the way throughout, um, you know, whether it's the, the research that goes in to, to picking the unit, get more aggressive with my applications, just ending up with some of these good tags or, you know, and they don't even have to be the high point units. There is great hunting for zero to one points, two points in different places. And so, um, I'm just going to put my knowledge to work. I've got experience in nearly every Western state, uh, but I want to continually expand that and, and grow that and, and learn more. And so I'm going to get more aggressive with my apps for this early season. So that's the first part is make sure I end up with a good tag and then make sure I plan my time around it and then just be trained and be in the, the best shape of my life with it, with the trail running. Uh, I need to find that other, that next level, that next gear, that, that next level of commitment. And, um, I, I don't want to injure myself, don't get me wrong, but um, I want to put in just a bunch of miles and, and be disciplined and day in, day out, getting my runs, getting my long runs on the weekends and just making my, myself get out there and get to the mountains and, and uh, then just come into this this muley season with these high goals and, and, um, and you know, have these bucks scouted in the early season and then uh, get in there and just hold my guns um, and, and stick to my goals and be able to harvest one of these giant bucks. And it's getting tougher in today's day and age. It's, um, you know, there's a lot of guys doing it. When I first started hunting high country mule deer, there, there wasn't many guys out there. You had the mountains to yourself and there, there is more and more pressure, but you can still get away from it. It's finding these little secrets to get away from the pressure and I've talked about it before, like a lot of ridgelines where water's tough to get to. You know, guys can't survive up there. They can hike up there one day, but they can't pack, you know, eight, ten pounds of water up there and try to live for two, three days and then be willing to drop, you know, 2,000 feet elevation to fill up all their water and then climb 2,000 feet back up to their camp and be able to live in these spots where water's difficult because these mule deer, they don't need water every day. They get a lot of water from their feet. Um, so, so they can live in these, these spots that are drier. So that's one way I get away from the pressure. Another way is to get away from the, the trails, use these trails to get into the backcountry and then start exploring off trail. Um, you know, where, where horse guys can't get, you eliminate horse guys and then it's got to be all backpacking guys and, and, and get away from these trails, um, 
fine, uh, gnarly, steep country. These muley bucks, they'll feed in these alpine basins, but they'll bed in this steep, rocky, gnarly country, you know, places where other guys don't feel comfortable climbing down on top of them. And, and I do. Heights just don't bother me, and I know where my limits are, and I feel comfortable, and um, so I can I can hunt this steep, gnarly country. And, and then you can also get away from guys by putting more miles in, more backpacking miles, get further away. But there's always a way to get away from the pressure. Uh, also, just hunting more effective, finding the master vantage points and living on those master vantage points, having the time, hunting during the week. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of other ways I, I get away from the pressure. Um, but but just try to try to figure it out, work really hard at it. Um, you know, a lot of it is while you're on that hunt is not getting discouraged, which again, ties back to that mental toughness that, um, you know, I, I, I do, I want to, I want to be mentally tougher this year. And I, I have a, a lot of mental strength and I can, you know, I can, I can think back at tough hunts where I've been successful, where I've kept pushing and day, you know, the last day, day nine, day 10, you know, extend my hunt for a couple of days, day 11, day 12, I've been able to fill a tag. And so I can draw from that a lot of times, but I, I'm just, um, I, I'm not going to allow weakness to creep in this year. I'm, I, I'm not going to settle for a, uh, you know, I'm not going to settle for a buck that isn't my gold buck. I'm going to keep pushing hard and keep looking and covering miles but I, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make myself so mentally strong where I can, I can just, I can just keep pushing and just keep thinking and theorizing and how to be successful and and you know and if I, if in the end if I hunt for for whatever my hunt is ten days, and I have this goal of a two hundred plus inch buck, and and I'm not able to achieve that, you know, if I put everything into that hunt and I cover miles every day and I keep theorizing, I'm on the master vantage points and I'm, I'm doing everything the the right way. You know, I got nothing to feel bad about. Uh, that'll be a successful hunt for me. So, um, I just, I just want to reach another gear on my mental toughness and, and I'm going to do that through my discipline, my trail running, and then through these, these tough hunts, a, a pushing hard. Um, so I, I really want to, I really want to work on that, uh, embrace the suck. Um, yeah, I just want to embrace the grind of these tough hunts. Uh, they come and go so quick. This early season mule deer hunt seems like you're, you're on them and they're tough and then they're done with and you're over and you got, you know, an, another 350 days to wait to look forward to it again. And so I'm just going to make sure I, I make the most of it this year, really embrace the suck and, and push myself to, to my limits. Uh, you know, I know what I'm capable of, and and I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna find that limit and push that boundary, um, and 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 try to be successful. So really looking forward to the high country mule deer stuff. Man, is that fun! I I I love the the backpacking nature of it. And as far as backpacking, you know, I, I'm gonna make sure that I I've got all my gear dialed. I'm so dialed on my my backpacking system. I've just been doing it for so many years that it comes second nature to me. So that's, you know, that's one part of my game that I don't really have to worry about. I know, you know, for me it's a minimalist mindset. It's um every time I go on one of these hunts emptying everything out of my pack and what can I lose? What can I go lighter with? And so for me as far as weights and backpacking when I do these extreme hunts, lighter is always better. But I uh I try to shoot for 
like say on an extended 10-day hunt, I'm usually in between 40 and 45 pounds. And it's tough because that's also, it depends on how much water I have to pack. I usually start with about 32 or 64 ounces of water and then I'll I'll uh, have a plan to pick up water somewhere along the way. And then, you know, I, I might be heavier upwards of 45 to 50 pounds by the time I have, you know, a couple three days worth of water with me. And but I usually try to shoot from 40 to 45 and definitely the 40 to 42 pounds is a pretty good weight for that 7 to 10 days. And that's including my spotting scope and my tripod. But that's what I try to shoot for. And then, um, you know, if I can get it under 40, to get under 40, I have to make some sacrifices for the 7 to 10 day. Or I can get it to 38, 39, but I've got to go low water um, as far as food. Anytime I'm doing over five days, I like to bring my stove, but if I want to be under 40 pounds, I can go all dry foods and and then I don't have my stove, I don't have my gas, and and so I'm able to go lighter Um, and I can get it to that 38, 39 pounds. And it's just like every pound makes a difference on the miles you put on, on the, the exertion it puts on you. It makes such a difference climbing those mountains. I always say... You know, uh, elevation is the equalizer, but also weight on your back is the equalizer. You can do so many miles and be in such good shape, but the minute you start sticking a 50, 60 pound backpack on you, good luck. (laughs) It's, uh, it wears you out. Um, so I always try to go light and then, uh, you know, I'd say for like a five day or I can get my pack around 35 pounds, three day or I can, I can be around 30 pounds. And so those are the weights I try to shoot for. Um, but it, it's just a minimalist mindset, uh, uh, just bringing it as, as little as you can with still having everything you need and everything necessary to be comfortable and survive in the mountains. And then, um, and then making the most of it, be willing to move your camp and, um, be willing to, to move your location, travel miles, you know, whatever it takes to, to find big bucks and get into them. So, um, pretty dialed on my back backpacking system. And, and, uh, I think it's necessary for, especially for hunting the high country mule deer and, and then hunting elk too. And, and everything else that, that I, that I go for, but really that early season backpacking for mule deer is, is, uh, where it's at for me. So, um, gonna, gonna try to put a lot of focus in that, that early season high country. And then, you know, I'd like to make a trip back to Alaska, like to make a trip back to Hawaii. Um, I just want to fill my hunting season with adventure hunts as many as I can do, um, and, and still be able to manage everything else in my life. Um, so it, it's going to be a great season. I, I just, uh, I can't wait. Uh, I've already started putting in the research and figuring out, you know, what states I'm going to focus on and, and what units I, I want to try to draw. And then like, like I say, just getting a, a, a little bit more aggressive with my applications in these different states to make sure I end up with a, with a high country mule deer tag. Um, and, and then, you know, like there's so many facets that go into being a quality bow hunter. So, so that's the effort, the mental toughness, the research, the getting in these units, having those tags, you know, it's all part of it, but you know, what it's going to come down to ultimately is making your shot, uh, being really good inside that crunch zone and, and experience is the best teacher. And, and I've stalked so many animals with my bow and, and, and been successful on a, a ton of animals with my bow, but I can always get better. And so, uh, you know, part of getting better this year is, is being a better shot with my bow. And so I need to work on that game too. I just can't sit back and worry about my trail running and my lifting and my diet and, and, uh, the tags I'm going to draw and not put any effort into my shooting. 
it would be foolish. They set myself up for for failure. To, you know, I'm going to get close to one of these 200 inch bucks and and fly one over his back. And so for me, I want to be the best shot I can possibly be. And so this is uh, made for some tough decisions for me. And so being completely honest, which I always am on the podcast, and uh, you know, I I've been shooting two bows the last couple seasons, and and the reasons why is you know for the the filmed hunts through Eastman's, um, you know, you have to shoot show sponsored stuff, which is a a good thing. These these companies stand behind Eastman's and Eastman's Hunting Journal, and and uh, they're the reason why we're able to have this show, and you know, it's what what pays our bills and keeps us rolling. And so, you know, I have no problem using them. Um, but I've also, you know, and so that's, uh, these Matthews bows, I've started shooting these for the, the filmed hunts and, and through Eastman's and then on other hunts as well. And, but Matthews is, is starting to support the podcast now and they support Eastman's and I have to support the brands that support us. And plus it's a, it's a great brand. They build a great bow. This new Triax is a shooter. You know, I, I really like this bow and I, I really like the brand of Matthews. Um, but I've also, you know, I've loved Hoyt for so many years and, and Hoyt's been a great company to me. And, you know, I, I've been fortunate to be able to, to work with Hoyt and, and be able to get their bows. And so, you know, I've just been honest with them and tell them that, I, you know, I've got a, you know, a couple shows that I'm doing for Eastman's and I'm, I'm going to shoot Matthews for these and shoot Hoyt for the other ones. But what this do, has done is I've, I've got to shoot and keep sharp with two different bows throughout the season. And, and I mean, they're all building great bows and, and Hoyt is a great company and build great bows. And I've been shooting them for so long. They just fit me really well. And, uh, so I've always loved them and, and love shooting them. And then, you know, with this Matthews deal and filming a few of these hunts, I, I've got a chance to, to shoot more of these Matthews and get comfortable and familiar with them. And so, um, shooting two bows, yeah, I, you know, if I'm being completely honest, I think it's, it's hurt my shooting, even though they're real similar, they're both great shooters. I have to get used to shooting two bows for the entire season and being able to switch back and forth from bows and arrows and, and, you know, and on one hand, it's, it, it makes me really familiar and comfortable with being able to switch equipment out. But on the other hand, being used to shooting two bows, I think it's hurt me a little bit. I think if I could have one bow in one brand that I shoot exclusively and then have a backup bow, of course, that I, that I shoot, that I could switch from, you know, if I, if a bow breaks down or something, it just makes it easier for me. If I'm on a hunt and I cut a string or I, something goes wrong with a bow, you know, instead of taking a full day to break down that bow with a bow press, fix it, recite it back in, I've got this backup bow that's, that's already a shooter that I've been practicing with year round. And so I will have a backup bow ready, but I want to put my effort into one bow. And so, um, Matthews has, has stepped up, like I say, with the, the podcast and the filming and supporting Eastman's and supporting me. And, and plus I just love the bows. I think I'm going to be better if I can just put all my effort and all my concentration and all my focus in in one bow instead of trying to shoot a couple throughout the season or a couple different brands throughout the season so uh and like i say nothing against any of these bow companies and uh, they're all top of the heap and they all build great bows and um you know it's this it's just one of these deals where you got to make a decision and go with it. And I'm going to be better with one bow and I want to continually do these filmed hunts and, and, uh, you know, I, I get a bigger part at Eastman's and Eastman's takes good care of me. And so, um, you know, I want to take good care of these sponsors. And again, like I say, they're, they're all building great bows nowadays, but I just want to put all my effort into one brand, one bow and shoot that this season. So, 
that's a little long-winded, but uh, that's you know that's one of the ways I'm going to improve my shooting this year. And and then I just um, you know I talk about uh, uh, shooting these leagues, and I'm going to shoot a league this year. I haven't even been yet. They're shooting on Fridays. I need to get up there. Um, part of the problem with the holidays, and then I'm I'm also I coach little kids on Wednesday. I got both my girls shooting, and then I ha- help all the other kids out. They do these these 4-H shoots where it's a you know they shoot at a Vegas target, but they shoot at 10 yards, and so trying to help the the kids out and donate my time and help where I can. You know this is this is part of you know I I may not be a, a football expert or a, you know whatever the case is, but but archery is my thing where I I know how to improve and I know you know, the, the, the basics and, you know, not only the basics, I know the, I know, you know, not that I know everything there is to know about bows, but, um, you know, I, I've dedicated myself to it the last 20 years of learning everything I can learn so I can help these kids, you know, and, and help them with, with their conditioning or help them with their form and, and, uh, help them improve as shooters. And so it's been a fun deal for me, but anyway, so I donate my time on Wednesdays. I coach that, uh, but I do need to get up and shoot leagues. Leagues are just fun. Um, paper leagues, 3d leagues. It's just putting that pressure on yourself that, you know, shooting next to your buddy it puts more pressure than shooting by yourself. It's just the way it is. And then shooting on a line with with ten shooters and and shooters that may be better than you. Um, you know, it 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 ups your game and ups that pressure on yourself. And executing a good shot under pressure, you know, that's all good things that uh, help you in crunch time when you're shooting at an animal. So going to be shooting leagues Friday nights and um, might shoot it. There's a couple different bow shops up there in, in Bozeman, which is 60 miles away. So that's the other thing is drive. I have to drive 60 miles up, 60 miles back. And in wintertime conditions, I mean, the road has just been um, – it, it has been – just snowy and icy and and gnarly roads and so that's been another reason but um those are those are excuses again I gotta get in and I gotta make sure that I'm getting in leagues I gotta make sure that I you know I I shoot best when I shoot a lot so shooting every day but but also not just stepping out to the same distance and shooting I need to challenge myself I need to take more field trips out to to shoot angles and you know I do this a time or two a season but I can do it more I can get better I can, um, it's like anything in life. Um, you can get better if you just, uh, apply yourself and, and, uh, put focus into it. And so need to take more field trips, shooting angles and, uh, make sure I'm shooting every day. Uh, make sure I'm shooting these leagues, uh, fit in a couple tournaments and, you know, for, I don't put all my effort into tournaments because, um, I feel like I want to save my time for hunting. I want to put all my effort into hunting. Um, and so if I start shooting these tournaments or the circuit or, you know, all of a sudden I'm starting to burn vacation time and gas money to go on these things. And so, you know, I, I don't, I don't shoot a ton of them, but I need to shoot, uh, at least a couple of them. I like shooting the big sky. I wouldn't mind going down to snowbird this year, picking maybe another 3d shoot and, yeah, I'm I'm not looking I'm not going to 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 win it all or um you know I'm I'm basically just going there to challenge myself, shoot with a group of guys or a group of buddies, put more pressure on myself to make some of these difficult shots. So definitely going to focus on that, focus on my practice and then um for me it's just a uh, execution on these these animals. And uh made a lot of good shots this year. It's been a good season, but you know, I think I'm going to 
I'm going to try to get 10 yards closer next season. And whatever that shot is, like uh, closer is always better, but I'm just going to try to be sneakier and, and uh, more patient, really waiting on my shot. And yeah, you, you know, you have to take that, that opportunity when it presents itself, but I'm not going to force any arrows this year. I'm really going to sit back and wait till I get that perfect angle on that animal and uh the perfect time to draw and, and then really draw back and and uh i want to put a, a lot of focus into my execution on animals this year i want to um for me it's it's keeping calm it's letting my pin settle in and and going through this this whole mental checklist and i i've shot at enough animals and and make some good shots but i i really want to pick the spot this year and just all perfect shots um perfect double lung pass through or you know whatever the case is but I I just um I, I really want to focus on on only loosing good arrows this season and so you know all this practice goes into my skill set um and, and then also proofing my bow before the hunt anywhere I'm going to go hunt I proof my bow it just seems like strings can stretch and move and you know all of a sudden you're yard off when you get to your hunt maybe it's the elevation the temperature um, there's so many different factors that go into it, but proof my bow before every hunt and just walk around with an immense amount of confidence and knowing that I can put that arrow exactly where I want it when I get the chance and, and then doing so and executing, you know, all perfect shots this season and anything can, you know, animals can jump your string, uh, they can move, but I'm just going to do everything on my end to, to make sure I'm the best shot I've ever been. I'm in the best shape I've ever been and, and then have my mind in the right space when I'm, when I'm on these hunts. And so really going to focus on my execution on animals and not just putting one through the vitals, but putting it through the exact center of the vitals where I'm aiming. And and for me, you know, I, I shoot this this thumb release um, works really good for me. And and everybody has a a different way they like to to shoot. But I love this this back tension style of shooting where you sit and aim and you let your pin settle and you keep pulling and pulling and let that shot break. You know, for me, when my shots are um, are less than perfect or, or my shots um, aren't as precise. It's it's when I'm choosing that shot to go where my pin settles and I go now and I make that release go. And even with a thumb release, you know, you it's tough. You, <coughs> excuse me, you get that pin on that animal and you want to make that shot go. But if I can just wait a couple seconds and let that shot break, um, I, I put way more of a precise shot on the animals I'm shooting at. And so um, I'm just going to focus on my mental steps as I'm shooting on these animals. And I'm going to keep myself calm. And I'm going to really pick that spot. And even when they're close, I'm going to keep pulling and pulling as I'm just settling that pin, you know, three, four inches behind the shoulder, middle of the body, and let that shot break. Um, so I'm really going to focus on my execution, my, my patience in that crunch zone. And, and then also on my stocks, it's just this slow, precise, methodical stock. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to, going to try not to make any big mistakes. And I, I know I will, like every year you make some mistakes, you, um, go too far over the hill or, uh, you know, you get there and the animals move, but, uh, really going to try hard on my point to, uh, on my part to be these slow methodical thought out stocks where I, I really take my time and then once I get in close I'm really going to let that buck make that last move and I'm going to wait till I see that right angle I'm not going to try to force anything in I'm uh, going to wait for that that good shot that I want and then I'm going to execute my shot and put a perfect shot on that thing and and going to be a, a done deal so um, 
you know, like I say, just so many facets that go into this bow hunting and improving your skill set. But that executing on animals is a big one for me. Um, just gonna, it's gonna be exciting. Um, 2018. Um, you know, I'm in the last couple days of 2018. By the time this comes out, we will be into 2018, and I just can't wait to to put the hard work in and the discipline, and uh, just try to sharpen my skills, sharpen myself mentally, physically, uh, my shooting, my stalking. Uh, um, you know, just just every facet that goes into being a quality backcountry hunter. Um, just gonna try to apply myself. Uh, to the nth degree, hundred and hundred percent, you know, and so I'm excited. I I'm excited. I got a a bunch of a passion coming into this season, and and uh, just ready to challenge myself and get on some of these adventure hunts and 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 do the do the absolute best I can. Um, push my limits. So uh, it is about putting in the work on these hunts, and and. Uh, any of the hard work you put in, it seems like it, it comes back to you, you know, yeah, yeah, you, you know, it, how do, how do I put this? Like the, the hard work, it, it doesn't pay off every day of your backcountry hunt, but it, it will be a factor at some point you're, you know, mentally you will be tested and, and that mental toughness will come through for you, you know, physically you will be tested at some point and, and I like to, when I'm on these hunts, I like to hold myself, you know, I'm, I'm in such good shape. Um, because of my training and mental toughness, but you know, I like to keep myself inside that 10, 12 miles a day. And, and, and if I do that, my body is so used to that effort because I, I do it every day in my trail running and my elevation, you know, that my body can handle that. And I don't get sore, tired or run down. Like that's, you know, I'm not running a red line when I'm running that. And so, you know, if I can run in that, that range of six to 12 miles a day, you know, I keep under that red line and it seems like I'm, I'm able to keep sharper. Um, but there will come a, there, there will come a point this season where I'm going to see a buck a long ways off where I'm going to go, well, um, you know, here's my chance. It's all in right now and go for it, you know, and, and I will be worn down the next day and I've got to get myself up and I've got to keep myself sharp and keep myself going on this hunt. But, I, I really do good when I can keep in that six to 12 miles a day and then just pick and choose that, that point where I'm going to reach that limit and, you know, whether it's a, you know, hopefully it's a pack out of a giant buck and then, you know, it, it's all, you know, I can be all smiles packing that thing out and hit my red line. And then the next day, you know, it doesn't matter. Maybe I've got to go back in and get another load, but you know, I've been successful on the hunt. It doesn't matter at that point. Um, or I'll find a red line where I see a buck a long ways off across the canyon and he's going to be the buck I want, a 200 inch buck. And for that day, you know, I may have to leave my camp and I may have to do 15, 20 miles that day. I may have to push an extreme heat. I, I may hit that red line and go over it. Um, and, and just, you know, the, the next day I know I'm going to have to get myself up. I can't let myself get mentally down on these hunts. I I've got to keep positive and I, I've got to keep pushing forward. Um, so I'm just preparing myself for that and all the challenges I'm going to face, um, this season, just so exciting new year in front of us. And, and, uh, it's just, you know, right now is the time to put in the work and improve at our skills, shooting, you know, uh, uh, physical fitness, mental toughness. If we work on all these now, you know, when we get to September, it's going to be time to rock and roll. There's going to be nothing that can stop us. And you just also trying to narrow that that gap, um, narrow that gap with those animals. Those, 
And I always think of elk. Elk are in, they always like to go uphill and they're, they're in, they're, they're built for the mountains. They can just, they walk uphill forever. And, uh, I I just, um, you know, I, I run with my, my dog, that little pup of mine. He's eight months old, Gunny, such a great running partner. Um, that dog naturally is in better shape than I am. I mean, it hasn't ran a day in his life, you know, other than playing around and then the runs with me, but already he just like, we go on a five mile run. He does 10 miles and he can run back and then, you know, he'll run out a little bit and he never gets too far. And, and then he'll just play with me and he'll run back fast at me and turn around and do circles. And he is just in such good shape. He's in better shape than I can be in, you know, but I, I want to narrow that gap. I want to just keep running and just be in the best physical shape I can and just built for endurance and built for the mountains. And, um, you know, when you're in that type of shape too, it gives you an immense amount of confidence and, and, uh, and it, it just, um, it helps everything, uh, all along the way. So going to be a really fun season guys. Um, can't wait 2018. So I, I know you guys are out working hard. I just love this community of the podcast and, and, um, I, I sure appreciate being able to get on here and, and, uh, being able to use this like a therapy session for me, uh, uh, what I need to improve on and where I can get better. And, um, I, I just never want to lose that edge and I never want to lose that drive. And the minute I start sitting back and, and resting on the skills I already have, or just going, you know, I'm, I know how to be successful. I, I, you know, I've killed a lot of bucks. I'm just going to do it again next year. And, um, you know, I just, I just want to drive to be better and that drive to be better. Um, it just, um, it gives me passion in my life. It's, uh, it's what I, it's what I love to do. So I'm going to be working hard this season. I leave in a couple days on this coos deer hunt. We're going to do some of those live updates. So make sure you guys are on the lookout for that. And, uh, just going to go down and, and have some fun and get after it and then start getting, getting with my 2018 training. And, um, hopefully I can, I can get a hold of the sugar monster or I can, I can, uh, I can, uh, get rid of the sugar monster at night. Uh, that's a, that's a big part of improving myself, uh, with my diet and then, um, just keep getting these workouts and keep putting in the work. Um, so that's the podcast, you guys. Uh, thanks a bunch for tuning in. Um, we'll, uh, check in with you here when I get back and, and, uh, hopefully with a, a big coos deer I put down. So, um, keep working hard towards your goals. You guys, the, the hard work pays off. And, um, keep, keep enjoying life to the fullest, um, whatever it is that, that makes you happy and your passion and, um, just, just keep going hard and in, improving yourself. So, um, thanks a bunch guys. We'll talk to you soon. All right. That's a wrap. Uh, solo episode in the books, uh, really therapeutic for me to sit down and kind of talk over goals and ambitions and, and really look at my hunting objectively and see where I can improve. And so, those are my goals for the year. That's how I'm going to accomplish them uh, with hard work, with discipline and, and uh, planning and preparation and just going to have some great adventures in 2018. In fact, I've already started. I'm just getting back from this Arizona hunt and I came up short. I wasn't able to, to harvest a coos deer, but I got a really good podcast describing it that I'm going to record with my buddy Dan and sit down with him. But uh, what an epic adventure. Those coos are tough and especially those big mature ones. And gosh, I missed the rut a little bit, but uh, we still turned up some good bucks. It took us 
a little bit to get in our groove, but the last three days were just action-packed with stocks and plays and chances, and and I was able to harvest a javelina down there. I've never harvested one of those, so that was pretty neat, and uh, just an absolute great trip. Um, it, it just uh, really able to, to reset my entire life when I go on those adventures, you know, come home and, and really focus on, uh, you know, family and, and work responsibilities, this podcast, and, and uh, really focus on my training and, and just makes me realize how fortunate I am to be able to, to go on these things and, and take this time off and have the support from my family. So it's, it's just really neat for me. Uh, I, I'm just feeling great about things can't wait for the 2018 season so a little bit of a lull here before bear season but um i can't wait to to start putting in the work here and getting ready and planning hunts and um see which states want to give me tags this year so um it's a fun process um i just i just love this western hunting it is so much fun it's so in, engaging and uh, so thrilling for me and and uh I just uh, I think about it all the time and have so much passion for it. And again, I am just so fortunate that I'm able to do what I love for for a lot of days a year. Um, so pretty cool. Sponsor for today's show: Taito Knives. Um, they're a rep- replaceable blade uh, knife. They're single steel construction, ultra lightweight. Um, these things are awesome knives, guys. I've been using them for a couple of years. They wrap them in 550 cord. They come in bright colors, uh, bright green and bright orange. So you don't uh, leave them on the ground where you're doing your processing or forget them. Um, so that's really nice. Uh, I like the, the grip on them with that 550 cord seems to grip really well. And, uh, they've just changed the game for me. So make sure to check them out. They're a great company with a great guy running it at Taito Knives. And, uh, with that, uh, Eastman's, I think the, the couple of the guys are um, out at the ATA show. I talked to Brandon today. I, I missed out on the show, but um, it didn't hurt my feelings too bad as I was as I was bow hunting. But I do want to go to more of these shows and, and uh, be able to see new products. And I've always wanted to go to the ATA. So it uh, didn't come together this year, but uh, hopefully next year get over there and go check it out. And uh, Let's see what else is going on over. Oh, uh, over at Eastman's, make sure to check out uh, Guy Eastman has his five top Wyoming elk picks, and uh, they're they're all you know under the you know they're not historically good spots or maybe they are, but um, he goes off currently good spots, and I know you know he really thinks long and hard and and uh, studies up to to pick the five best units for elk. So I know I'm excited to check it out. Um, I think. I mean, it should come out in the next day or two, and you, you can find it on Eastman's Hunting Journals, or you may see it come across your feed on Facebook or Instagram, but um, Guy does a great job with that. I can't wait to read that, and uh, gosh, I think that's it. I got a, another one planned uh, with Brandon Mason of Eastman's. We're going to put together a, a podcast here. We didn't get a chance to do it when I was over at the Eastman's office. Uh, he was just recovering from a, from a cold. So um going to get together with him and record and some other good guests coming up and and uh, just just keep pumping out good content and trying to get better at this game. So um, it's, it's pretty fun. Such a such a cool platform. I, I'm so glad I was able to start this deal and so glad that you guys enjoy listening to it. So as always, thanks a bunch for all the support. You guys uh, just built this great community of hardcore hunters that that support each other and in, in all their endeavors. And I I try to support you guys as I as I see you come across my feed with a good animal or any of the projects that you guys are working on. So um, keep up the good work. Let's support each other. And uh, with that, 
Um, that's an episode. Check in with you guys next week.